Welcome to Abuelas en Acción, a multicultural podcast for our common good. I'm Marie Dahlstrom, and I'm here with my comadres Consuelo Zaragoza and Dr. Rosemary Celaya Alston. Today, I think many of us would agree that we lead busy lives. We're often stressed and tired. In fact, many of us are seeking medical care or you know, supplements, um, medications for anxiety, depression, insomnia, gut problems, autoimmune diseases like thyroid, joint, and skin problems. Many of us are accepting that life really is stressful. It's just a way of life. And in fact, 75% of symptoms that are presented by patients at doctor's offices can be attributed to stress. However, life ought not to be um, that way where we assume that our, our, our lives are just bombarded with stress. Yes, stress is a reality in life. But how we respond to the stress is very important. And important is being able to uh, stay grounded and to stay um, uh, really true to who we are as people in the midst of life changing, because that's inevitable in life. An Indian philosopher said, it's no measure of health to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. And we would agree with that. Our guest today is going to talk to us about the mind, body, and spirit connection and what we can all do for a healthy mind, body, and spirit. Maya Munoz-Tobon is an art and environmental justice advocate. She was born and raised in Colombia and has called Oregon her home for the last 20 years. After almost two decades of experience in the nonprofit sector, Maya is currently pursuing a certification as a registered somatic movement educator and therapist. As a learner and explorer of internal arts such as Tai Chi and Qigong, meditation, dance, and others, Maya's vision is that through movement, embodiment, and the expressive arts, we find the space for healing generational trauma. Trauma caused by oppressive and extractive systems, and that this embodiment can nurture our creative powers as tools for communal and individual transformation. It can transform our lives Maya wants to harness the cultural gifts of communities of the global South and reduce harmful coping mechanisms that we might have developed as our families have looked for ways to survive adversities. Welcome, Maya. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you, Marie. Thank you for having me here today. Well, Maya, please, we ask all of our guests this question, and it, it, we, we really love this question because it allows us to really know more about you and um, share with our listeners, you know, a defining moment in your life. Please share uh, uh, 
Of course, you have many, but share mm-hmm. one that profoundly impacted you and stands out to you. Well, uh, yeah, this is a very um, challenging question because, as you say, there has been so many moments in my life that have been like learning experiences um, that have defined me. Uh, but perhaps I will say, like, probably like a lot of immigrants for myself. Um, coming to the United States for the first time has completely um, defined my life. It has marked these very distinct parts of the before and after. Um, there was a sensation of somehow my life was no longer my own, but I was just thrown in this where I was just constantly figuring out um, the unknown and having these constant worries of, um, yeah, just just being in this liminal space of the unknown. Um, so I think that's uh, definitely a very, uh, very mark <laughs> time in my life when I came here for the United States as an in my el- elder older teenage teenage years. Okay. So, so many of us are experiencing anxiety and unease during these challenging times. What can we be doing for our body, mind, and spirit to maintain inner peace, Maya? Well, this is a very good question. I just want to acknowledge that we have been all carrying so much during the pandemic. And actually, for many, many people, um, they have been carrying so much for a really long time before that. And what I will say is, for me, it's important that we understand, first of all, that these anxieties that we are feeling are actually a natural and accurate response to what we are facing lately. Like, I think there's a lesson that I've been learning personally, to be um, compassionate towards myself, towards others, and understanding that is is the right response to what we are living. That is a natural way that our bodies and minds have have carried for us to survive during stressing moments, during difficult moments. Um, And I will say that our first step is actually to avoid these negative judgments towards ourselves about our anxieties. Um, Our anxieties are there to tell us something. It's a response to a circumstance that needs changing. Um, So just, I just wanna put that out there that um, we just have to find that compassion for ourselves in these moments of, of anxiety. And because it was responding to something that is not working. It hasn't been working. So I will say that, first of all, um, there is a moment to, to pause. I, I know it's easier said than done when we are finding ourselves in this, uh, with these worries and these anxieties. And for us, it's important to start or what I call in my practice, orienting ourselves 
or locating ourselves um, because we need to be um, with our full selves in order to change what's in the world that is not working. So it's like a, like a cycle, right? We need to be healthy in order to change that world that is not that making us healthy. So I think we just need to orient ourselves um, physically, mentally, spiritually, and locate ourselves. And when I'm saying about orienting and locating, I'm talking like literally to locate ourselves in our spaces, in our homes, in our works, um, using the senses that are available to us, just finding something that grabs our attention through our sight, through our hearing, through our taste, through our smell, our touch, something that grabs our attention and it's pleasant to us. It could be a color, it could be a texture, it could be the lighting, it could be the temperature of the room. And that way bring us present to the moment that we are in, in your home, in your work, in the street, just orienting your body first. And knowing that your body has brought you here, has brought you to this time and moment right now. And once we orient ourselves physically, we can start going a little bit more metaphorically, right? Like how can we locate and orient our thoughts? Maybe paying attention if our thoughts are in the future or our thoughts are in the past, maybe bringing those thoughts to the present moment and just um, locating ourselves in this now. And so I think that first of all, it's like being compassionate to ourselves and our anxieties and being able to orient ourselves in the specific time that we are living in and being physically orienting our, our bodies. For me, it's like creating a map, like an actual map that you have options to take a path, to take this route, to look at this uh, viewpoint. For me, it's that orientation of like, where am I now? How am I gonna get uh, to the next thing that I want to get? Many times anxieties, when we have anxieties and worries, um, it becomes like we, we lack choice. We lack choice because our anxieties are overwhelming and we're lacking a choice of where, where to go next. So I think that's why it's important to locate our bodies, locate our minds, our spirits in the now for us to build that map and that roadmap and that path that we're going to take take next. Um, and we can do that by, by locating with our senses, locating, sometimes touching our bodies where um, sometimes our legs are not too present. So you can just give a little squeeze um, to that part of the body that just needs a little bit more support to be present at the moment. And then going the, in deep, to your thoughts and locating where they are and seeing what is the path that they're going to take, bring them to the present. Um, yeah, so I think for me, that's um, kind of the first step to be compassionate and to orient ourselves so we can create a map of, of how to move forward. You, you know, Maya, and, and you, um, I love that term locate ourselves, um, because I don't think many people realize how much time we spend thinking about the future and the past. Mm -hmm. And we, 
are not present in what beauty is going on right now for us, wouldn't you say? Yeah, exactly. It's like, and some just the beauty, but also sometimes we can understand um, in my own process, I our anxieties are responding to something. So once you understand the environment you're in, you might say, hey, I am anxious because I am responding accurately to what's happening mm-hmm. right now. And as the same, at the same time, that taking a pause and a moment to say, I am safe and I am here mm-hmm. and I'm looking at this beauty around me. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's like, yes, you, we need to be stressed. We need to be anxious because we are responding accurately to something. So locating ourselves also can help us to not be too harsh. And but, like, to, but to redirect. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Redirect. Most of us, Maya, don't pay attention, for example, to our breathing. Can you share with us why breathing is so important? <laughs> yeah, I like this question because, um, right, it's so fundamental to being alive. <laughs> breathing is our life force. And, and yet, at the same time, it's such a, it's so complex. We don't pay attention to, to it until we actually are struggling to catch our breath, whether it's physically or metaphorically, that's um, many times when we actually pay attention to it. Um, so I, first of all, I think I wanna share a little bit of um, how I imagine breath. Um, I like to imagine that I have this fire in my chest, you know, in the center of our vitality where our hearts and our lungs are. And we're holding this sacred fire, this like a campfire. And like maybe a lot of us know that in order to keep this fire that is going to keep us warm and keep us company during a cold night, we have to give it air. We have to give it oxygen. Um, So I like to think of our breath as that um, oxygen, that air giving uh, giving life to that fire in our chest, giving us vitality, living literally life into our lungs and, and hearts. So I, I like to imagine of breath as that. And I also want to bring up that many times it's uncomfortable and it could be very triggering for some people to to take a deep breath. Sometimes you ask somebody, oh, just, just breathe into your belly. Um, not all of us can, <laughs> not all of us can because our bodies might be so tense. Our muscles, our chest, our back might be so tense that we don't have room. So what I like to do is actually recognize where that tension is in our bodies and do do light movements, do light stretches, and literally start giving, thinking of like you are giving a little bit more of room for your breathing to go deeper and deeper, just by stretching a little bit of your shoulders, your back, um, that starts giving you a little bit more room to take a deep breath. And maybe someday it's going to be all the way to your belly. But I think we just also want to need to make like breath is our companion and making sure that we understand maybe it's shallow, maybe it's deep, 
um, but make sure that it is your companion, is your life-giving um, gift. So just thinking that, <laughs> I also, I, I think imagination is really powerful. So for example, somebody cannot take a deep breath. I invite them to think about maybe my legs are relaxed. So start thinking about how would it feel to breathe with your legs? You know, mm-hmm. feeling that relaxation of your muscles and that space. So how would it feel to breathe through your legs? And in that way, start building that um, that sense of space, of opening up and, and, and loosening up your muscles and creating more space for that, that deep breathing. Um, so yeah, just again, with other anxieties, I'm a fan of being uh, friends and companions uh, with our breath as well. And be compassionate too, if it's not, you're not taking a full breath, just move a little bit, give it a little bit more room and it will, it will go in. It will, if our body knows what to do, our body knows that to keep up that fire, it needs oxygen, it needs air. So just give it a little bit more of, of room um, and don't, don't be harsh when you are having a shallow breathing and you cannot breathe into your belly. Just, just little by little, just giving a little bit more of room and space for it. That's really wonderful, um, Maya. You know, we all know how important the breath, the breath is and your explanation of just being compassionate with yourself. And being an, you being an artist as well, can you, how can, would you talk a little bit about how can art be soothing and therapeutic for us? Yeah, <laughs> well, um, so many, there's so many directions with this question too. But I was thinking more about, you know, how arts gives us the possibilities to express ourselves um, that go beyond our everyday verbal communication. Um, and they give us permission. What I really enjoy about the arts is like it gives us permission to make those intangible intangible things into something tangible, Mm -hmm. into something that we can witness ourselves and something that we can share. Um, So it's just giving form to these intangible things that we are carrying in our body. Um, And I'm not talking about like the fine arts that are only for um, accessible to working artists. I'm talking more about our, our possibilities to use and manipulate materials and mm-hmm. to go into this creative ability to bring something to life that was not there before. So from doing a doodle or moving your body while you're cleaning or playing with Play-Doh, even cooking or gardening, we are creating something, we're giving life to something that wasn't there before. And for me, it's that um, that way you are creating something that giving form, giving, giving, telling the world in this very uh, <laughs> form, like tangible form of, of the stories that your body have been holding that you cannot even express verbally. So I think... Um, that creation is something that we can share with others, is something that reflects ourselves and sometimes inspires others to express themselves um, through something tangible that 
that we can share is such um it goes both ways it's a individual healing when you're able to see and witness what you just created but also uh it becomes a piece that could be a center for sharing in a community and somebody can be like oh i reflect myself in your art as well and just get um inspired so it goes beyond this everyday cognitive you know with rational facts and verbalizing to a way to give to give form that's something that is um that is not visible and and yeah and i think that's where the the healing comes when you are witnessing what you just created when others are witnessing that and when you are witnessing somebody else's creation um and that starts building our community healing no, oh, that's great. Talking about our um, community healing, can you um, talk a little bit about what strengths can we draw from our familias and cultura during these challenging times? Yeah, I think I have, um, I have to say that um, one strength of our communities is um, is that we have this strong understanding of our interdependency with each other. Mm-hmm. And that we, when we have like a balanced sense of interdependency, we can see that the well being of one of our members in our community means the well being of all of us. Um, so I think this can also influence how we perceive our families or who we think of our families. Uh, like it's not, it's not focused on this idea of a nuclear family, but, but it's defined by this larger community, you know, todas las tías, tíos, primos, we never know how they're related, but we know they are family. So this creates such a strong sense of network uh, and strength in, in a network of relationships. Um, and I also think that many of our communities are extremely creative from like, you know, like coming up with ideas to just have a dance party to mm-hmm. actually something so maybe people don't think of it as creative, but thinking of like traversing like continents for a story that you have imagined in your mind and you want to bring into life, for me, that's extremely creative. Like you're just holding into these stories and this imagination of a different life, of a different way of being, of the possibilities of something else. Um, I really think that that imagination and that creativity to, to, to see different ways of being are, are really powerful in these challenging times because I think that's the way that we can build those new worlds and be, build those new ways to exist with each other. Um, and we have seen it, you know, through our adversity and adversity, our communities are just having, creating this, imagining these worlds and these possibilities um, that keeps us moving forward. So I think that imagination and creativity is, is powerful right now. I I love Maya what you said about art uh, can allow us to uh, express the stories that our bodies hold. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very powerful. 
because um, I, I, I don't think that I, until fairly recently in the, in the last number of years, and in particular since our podcast, Abuela uh, Acción um, started, and we're coming up on our 80th podcast. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I understood how each of us is an artist that we all have uh, stories to share and are yearning to um, know what those are, um, those stories that have been pushed down inside of us, for example, for you, your, um, you know, your a defining an important one for you being an immigrant to this country. And so um, many, many, many stories that we have. Um, uh, could you Talk about what parents, what families can do with their children um, in in terms of uh, helping their children express their stories, um, Mm -hmm. express their happiness, express their grief. I know a lot of parents have been wondering how to talk about gun violence, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in light of what happened in Uvalde with these 18 beautiful children and two of their teachers that were Mm -hmm. killed. Um, Parents are unsure. There's this um, as you said, this stressful world out there, and we have to honor our mm-hmm. feeling of anxiety. But how can art and how can families uh, be able to um, express their their pain and, of course, their joy through art? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's so many thoughts <laughs> coming to me about it. Um, again, I will say that yeah, we have to understand art also as this more broad, creative way. Um, for me, um, I, I focus a lot on movement and, and, and expressive movement uh, because I believe that um, many times each part, each part of our body has its function and its structure, but it has so many stories, so many stories in it. Um, so I think um, for especially children, children, we are all born with as artists, as you mentioned, right? Like the first thing we do is dance. The first thing is like we make noises and we sing and we paint. Um, all of these things come very natural. So I think for children, um, something I've been thinking about, especially around this gun violence, is that um, mobilizing our body. So literally shaking, dancing, um, playing sports, but more on unrestricted movement. Like it could be dance, it could be hiking, it could be being outside um, in the dirt, um, just mobilizing. I think it's very important for us right now and for children to mobilize their bodies. You know, this fear, this fear is just literally, you have to be quiet and you have to be still. Um, and so for me, it's important to be, to, to work with our children to mobilize our bodies and we can mobilize with them as well. We can move, we can jump, we can dance. Um, um, and it could be any, any range of movement is fine. It's just imp- very important to mobilize all of that, um, that worry that is inside us. And we can do it um, by playing tag, by, by play. See, 
simply put, it's like by playing. Um, for me, in that in itself, that's a lot of arts there because you, if you watch children play, they're they're creating a story in their play, mm-hmm. right? Like you're chasing. Mm-hmm. We are in the lava floor. We there's, there's so many stories that are happening. So I think maybe following the lead with with children of like of that those moments of play and those stories that emerge um, and just following those stories and like <laughs> cheering those stories that emerge. Um, it's it's powerful too. But I also believe that. Um, if yeah, like just put in simple, simple objects, you know, like some we can play, we can create art with really simple objects. Doesn't have to be pretty, doesn't have to have a meaning. Sometimes we some people are looking for the actual meaning that is in this painting, but just um allow yourself to just be with your children with the play-doh, with the paints, and, and allow the colors and textures to come out without forcing forcing a story at that moment, forcing a meaning immediately to that. But I think it, I think it's important to follow, I, for me, it's important to follow like the lead of the youth, the, the children um, and mobilize and, and allow them to, to find play and mobilize their bodies. You know, what I hear you saying is to be more present in our daily lives mm-hmm. requires us to really be in touch with our senses, mm-hmm. five senses, and sometimes even six and seven senses that we have. Because I think one of the things that happens is we get busy in our heads and our minds and busy, period. Okay. And when I ask people, how are you? They say, busy. I almost don't like the word anymore because it, it almost means or implies. And so I don't have time to talk to you mm-hmm. because I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're saying is very um, mindful in terms of just the simple things in life, in terms of creativity and imagination that we all have can be as easy as um, getting in the kitchen and making something together um, as easy as um, putting on wonderful music and letting your body move to that or mm-hmm. embracing whoever's in your home just to buy love, just to, mm-hmm. um, free of spirit, no money, no cost, mm-hmm. just really about, you know, being because um, what we talk a lot about with many of the people we've interviewed is really the sense that um, things can be gone tomorrow mm-hmm. and things can change in a dime. And so the last moments that those parents had with those children in Uvalde were precious to them. Mm-hmm. And if we could go back and say it different or do it different, how would we do that? And so that's how we have to live. And I think people just get caught up. And so what you're providing us here today, Maya, and we so appreciate it, is just stop just for a little minute and just pay attention to where you're at and your surroundings. It may be really hot outside where you live, but you can still have gratitude for something still blooming 
<laughs> out there. So thank you for, yeah. for being with us. I, uh, I wanted to just add, I really liked what you said, um, Rosemary, um, you know, that we all try to be present at, at moments and um, it's just really, really important just to slow down, right? When talking about the breath, talking about moving your body and, you know, and seeing it as art because there are those, those old tapes, right? That we put around ourselves if, oh my goodness, I can't draw this or I can't paint this. Mm -hmm. I am not an artist, right? So then mm -hmm. that tape stays forever. Um, so I really appreciate about art doesn't have a, it's not in a square. It's how we create and um, how we can create with, with others as well. Um, so thank you. Yes, yeah. exactly. thank you both. Yes, and, uh, and I, one thing I did want to add is that every time we stop and take those moments, and as Maya, you shared, we touch, we, we look at uh, uh, colors, we, we notice something in our life. Um, every time we do that, it gets easier and easier. And it really does take practice. It exactly. takes, uh, it's not something that comes easy for, um, for us, because biologically, we were created, our brain was designed to be on alert, and to be in, in many ways anxious, you know, our, mm -hmm. our ancestors had to be fearful of, you know, what were predators were coming around the corner. So, but we live um, it's a different time and um, we can, we know science has taught us that we can train our brain and we can train our, our mind, but it's through practice to be able to make sure we're as mindful as possible as both Rosemary and Consuelo and you too, Maya, have said, you know, those moments matter. And um, we're grateful to you, Maya. Would you like to add anything else before we end? Um, no, I just wanted to uh, echo what you all have said. Um, it's it's a matter of being present, present. Um, and again, it sounds such a, it's, it sounds such a, like a simplistic thing to do, right? Like we will think we will be able to do that. Um, but that's why all my practice is, is the core of my practice is orienting and locating yourself and allowing your body to be a body, <laughs> right? To experience those um, senses, to experience um, time and space, your three-dimensionality. Sometimes we become this flat, right? We go in our brain, mind, and it becomes a weird flat by just going back to this 3D world that we live in and let our bodies um, be our bodies that are these vessels that have been, have brought us here. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's who is, is, is carrying us through life. He has carrying us through life. Um, so just being present uh, with our bodies um, and locating ourselves. And again, 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 it's, it is a practice. And as you were saying, Many of us, including myself, I grew up in a in dangerous situations, in difficult situations. So I'm, it was always hyper vigilant of the next threat. But then slowing down is like 
I can take in this information and I understand whether I am reacting accordingly to the situation or not. Are my emotions responding to something in the environment I should be responding to or not? Um, so just slowing down and pausing to, to orient ourselves again into our bodies. Thank you, Maya, for being with us here today. And most of all, thank you for the gifts that you have. You um, have the gift of being able to uh, share your presence and to be able to um, help the rest of us calm down and mm -hmm. just uh, enjoy this beautiful life, because truly, it is a beautiful life. We do have so many challenges and so much pain. But as Rosemary said, even in the desert, there are flowers, and there are many opportunities for us to find gratitude in our lives. So thank you again. And thank you all to joining, for joining us today here on Abuelas en Acción. And uh, as um, uh, we uh, end, I'd like to remind our listeners um, that we will be starting a new season in the fall of Abuelas en Acción. We have our upcoming series, Plácticas de la Vida, um, where we will talk about unfinished business, including our uh, trauma, our anxiety, much of what we've been talking about today. We're going to be talking more about it. And of course, our very successful Climate Comadres series, we will have more chats with people that are doing amazing work in their communities on climate equity, climate action. And we would all agree that um, the time is urgent for us to be working together. So thank you for joining us. We look forward to having you with us next time on Abuelas en Acción. Gracias. <laughs>